Welcome to the Business of Dance podcast, where we discuss business growth, dance education, creating your dream business, and falling in love with your studio all over again. Now, here's your host, business coach, educator, and owner of Dance Energy Studios, Claire O'Shea. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. My name is Claire O'Shea and I'm so excited to be joining you for today's episode. So if you listened to episode number two of the BOD podcast, you would have heard me discuss how to find, work and hire a virtual assistant to help you within your business. I mentioned the importance of a VA and how their assistance can create more time for you to focus on your tasks and the running of your studio, which in the end generates more income and success for your business. If you have yet to listen to that episode, I would advise you to listen to that episode for a bit more context and step-by-step information. But today's episode is a little different as this will be my first interview for the BOD podcast and I'm so excited. So I have a very special guest joining me today who is my very own VA for board and I will be interviewing her on what it is like to work collaboratively as a VA remotely. So the intention of this episode is to give you, the business owner, more insight into what it is like to work with a VA and learn more about the process of hiring a VA from another perspective. I know this episode is going to be really powerful and I hope you get a lot out of it. So let's jump into the show. So please welcome to the show, my virtual assistant, Emily. Welcome, Emily. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good. Very good. Emily and I were just talking about how this is new to us as well. We've never done a podcast interview before, so I'm hoping that it goes Mm -hmm. really well. Um, Before we sort of start our sort of question part of this podcast, Emily and I just wanted to share a little bit about how we started working together. So if you had listened before to our previous episode, in episode two of the Business of Dance podcast, we talked about how to find work and hire a virtual assistant to help you within your business and how I found Emily was how I recommended so I found Emily on a site called Upwork which is similar to Fiverr except Upwork I think and what do you think Emily is a bit more of like an ongoing relationship where Fiverr is more one-on-one one-off jobs yeah so Fiverr is more one-off jobs and the only the uh, contractor the person to hire can contact the uh, the freelancer Uh, Whereas Upwork, you can both apply for a job and you can invite someone for an interview. You can communicate on both sides and you can have one-off projects and create milestones within those projects and you can create a contract like what we have. Yeah. So basically, Emily and I have like an ongoing contract that, you know, obviously we could end it at any time. It wasn't suiting us anymore, but different to Fiverr, like I haven't asked Emily just to work for creating a brochure or a flyer, which you can do on Upwork as well, but I feel like it's more common on Fiverr. Would you agree? Mm -hmm, It is. It's more like Fiverr is just you post a gig, like one set of skills Mm. that you have. You can create many gigs, but each gig is for one set thing. Yeah. So basically I'll sort of tell my side a little bit and then you can go into your side. But basically when I was looking to start the business of dance and, you know, I was really interested in starting a podcast and things, which is a very different side of a new business than the dance studio and you know I already have an amazing admin team at the dance studio but I was wanting someone who had a bit more 
skills and interests and things like podcasts and online marketing and branching out that way. So what I did, I created a job position. I really wasn't sure exactly who I was looking for or whether I would have to find someone or multiple people to help me. And I just sort of outlined all of the things I was looking for. And after that, you know, I had quite a few people apply and then I started the interview process. And yeah, maybe you can tell a little bit about your side. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I was actually looking for virtual assistant work for just about a month because I just moved to Australia recently. I was living in Thailand, Eastern Asia for a while, and I met a lot of people who were working online. I met a few people who were virtual assistants. And for me, I just I wanted to apply for that kind of position, but also something that was also in the field of creativity within that because I am also an artist. And so when I applied I applied for many jobs and some were just not very specific in what they wanted. And then I, I saw Claire's ad and there was a lot of room for growth of things that I could definitely work on and develop skill. And a lot of the things you were looking for, I was like, wow, this is, this is me. And I actually have a background in editing audio and voiceover acting. So you may hear the intro and outro and that's my voice. And so I thought, my skill set is matching what you want. And during the interview, you know, we got along well. And I think we talked about like personality types. And I think it's good to find someone you can get along well with and work well with. And I seem to be that match for Claire. Yeah, absolutely. And I would really agree. And you, you sort of go like, oh, you know, I'm never going to find someone who meets all of these, you know, expectations or qualities. And this is a new venture for me as well. So I was really excited to find someone who was interested in trialing things and giving new things a go and not, you know, doing the same thing every single day. And like um, you said, interested in finding someone who was happy to start in a sort of a more of a limited role to begin with, but had the capability and the desire for that to expand in the future. So that was really mm -hmm. awesome. And you mentioned a little bit uh, about sort of a bit about your background. You, I might find something new as well, but for our listeners, do you mind sharing a little bit more about yourself? You said, you know, you're an artist as well and you're, you're a vo voiceover artist, which is fantastic for me. But, you know, other than that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, you might notice a different accent than Claire. Um, I'm from Canada, originally Toronto to be exact. And I guess I started traveling almost two years ago. And like I said, I was living in Asia before, Thailand specifically. And uh, what was supposed to be a six month trip turned into a year and a half trip turned into me wanting to start online and learning about being a digital nomad and working remotely and being surrounded by a community of people who do that and getting me very excited for just different kinds of options. And mm. uh, like I said, I have a background in acting. So I went to school and have a diploma in acting for film and television. And within that, I learned how to do voiceovers which I think is completely ironic because it was the one class I hated and I hated the sound <laughs> of my voice. Yet I ended up doing that. <laughs> that um, is funny. Um, I guess what I liked about that and why I started in the first place is because I wanted to combine my two passions, which is acting and traveling. And the thing about acting is it's not a very remote job. No. <laughs> and that's the cool thing about voiceover is you can be anywhere as long as you have a good place to record and a decent microphone. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. yeah. But like you said, I agree. Like I, it's funny that I wanted to start a podcast, but mostly because I loved listening, but I actually hate the sound of my own voice. But I think the more you listen back, you just, people might be able to relate as a dancer. You don't really sort of, you're not sort of 
judging yourself anymore. You're more critiquing it for the content mm-hmm. rather than like, oh, my, my pitch and my tone. But, you know, a- Emily is very uh, picky about audio quality. So yeah. <laughs> she hears it more than I do. So that's okay. Um, but you mentioned a little bit about how you were spending some time with people who talked about being a virtual assistant. Was that mm-hmm. what initially got you interested in becoming it or was it more the, the lifestyle that you'd lifestyle. be able to have? It was the lifestyle. I rather work a small amount of time in the day or a certain time of day so that mm-hmm. when I have the rest of time, I can focus um, on my other passions I have and live anywhere because mm. I I guess what got me interested is that there's just so many possibilities that you can have with working remotely and working online yeah. that I guess we're so we're brought up to think so limitlessly and I feel like that's what society wants us to do is just kind of stay in this box where and what I was conditioned to think if I was ever going to be a successful actress is that you know, you work at a bar at nighttime and you hate your life and you audition during the day and that's all you are able to do. And I'm saying, why can't I work online? Why can't I help other people build their dreams while I have the freedom to build my dreams and I can live anywhere and not be miserable while I'm building myself up? And so I've been just on a journey and finding what works for me. And I've tried many different online jobs that I didn't really feel like suited me. And so what got me interested in virtual assistants is because I I really like collaborating with people. I mean, Mm. if you're an artist, you just learn how to do that. And I like helping people and I want to see them thrive and their businesses thrive. And there's so many different kinds of jobs that I've even applied to before I found Claire. But what interested me the most in her business is that it's within the, the realm of dance and I wanted to find something that was creative. I want to help creative individuals build their business because I'm an, also an artist and I used to dance um, when I was younger. I danced for almost 12 years. So just even if I'm not dancing, just helping someone within a field that I've been passionate about or am passionate about like really fuels me and makes me feel good. Yeah, that's awesome. And like what you said, you know, even though Emily works more within my new business and this new venture, we always and often talk about how it relates to the dance studio. And, you know, Mm -hmm. what I find really important and I guess special about, you know, finding the right person is that collaboration that you talked about. So Emily and I, well, almost every Monday, sometimes it sort of slightly changes the first thing we do for the week is have a meeting and that could include, you know, going over new ideas that we had or, you know, depending, we might be sort of at a bit of a roadblock with a certain task or it could be a small training, but, and what, well, it might not be for everyone, but what I wanted was to find someone who had their own opinion and, you know, take on certain topics and things so that I could really sort of bounce ideas off and not just get someone who just says like, yep okay yep I can do that like tick 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 and that's all you know Mm -hmm. fine and there's totally times where that's needed but um, I do think it really brings a lot to the working relationship when you find someone and you you take the time to find someone that who can add something to your business and you know help as well but bring their own personality and that side as well so that's been really good exactly Moving uh, on into a bit more of like the logistical side of working with each other. So do you mind Mm -hmm. giving some examples of tasks that, you know, I've given to you on a regular basis and what strategies do you do in order to stay on top of them and complete them? Well, I do many different 
tasks within working with Claire and working with within the business of dance and her coaching system. But I do a lot of podcast work, such as editing this podcast, for instance. And uh, we work on the notes together and I'll give some ideas and she'll add some and, and, and workshop ideas, which I really like. And that's not, you know, necessarily what everyone is looking for when, with a virtual assistant. But for me, I am very, I'm very visual and um, I'm very yes. task oriented and I'm very to the point. If you give me a list of things and you tell me exactly when you want something done and the priorities, I just, I can zone in and focus. So for me, I like to write a list. And so Claire will give me a list. We work a lot on Trello. So we'll have different boards for different um, assignments. So we have the podcast board and then stuff within dance energy and we create lists and uh, deadlines for that. And for me, that really helps me get organized and through time you'll find or your virtual assistant will find like how long it takes them to complete. So when mm. I was hired and I learned how to do different tasks, I didn't know how long, yeah. you know, editing a podcast would take me. I didn't know how long making a graphic design for an Instagram post would take me, but now I can roughly estimate that. So basically I kind of like time block for myself within my given hours. Okay. I'm going to start with that. Cause I know that that's priority. And I know that that's going to take X amount of time. And then I work my way through that. And of course, we all have hiccups. We all have times that our internet crashes. So that's what um, kind of strategies that work well for me. Yeah. And I think what you said is really important about figuring out how each other likes to work as well. Because for me, mm -hmm. I'm a little bit more like I would sort of go like, oh, like, you know, this is the big picture. Um, and I've always been like that. And that's a, a good quality that I have, but I also need to work on going, okay, that's the big picture, but what are the steps involved? And sometimes mm -hmm. as well, I go, oh, and then we'll do this. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa but you know, but how, how is that done? And so breaking each thing down to make sure that we're all on uh, the same page is really important and something that we've kind of figured out. And I sort of know now, oh, well, you need, you know, these many steps or you need this much information. And so because Emily really likes to do things visually, we do a lot of like screen sharing and I'll talk through a particular, like the other day we had a meeting and I was showing Emily how to work the back end of MailChimp. Now that would be a little bit hard to be honest to sort of list out everything. But what I did when I, we had our meeting, we, we went through it together and then I recorded the whole conversation so that I'm then loaded up later and put it in a system so that when Emily comes up to that task again, if she didn't remember exactly what was said, that we don't have to keep sort of interrupting each other all the time. And there's those resources there to look back on, which I think is really good. Mm -hmm. And one thing I will note, um, I think we'll get into soon about like how someone can hire and my thoughts on that is that you're going to find people who do have different uh, learning styles that may be different from yours. They may mm. work exactly with you. And um, I think one of the best things you can ask in an interview, and we'll get to that in a second, is that you asked, do you like calls? Or do you like more videos or emails? And it's so, I was just so stunned and blown away because I have a very particular learning style. And it's so nice that I've been asked to do that. And so I can be the best, you know, assistant I can be when I'm I'm learning what needs to be done in my own way and just being able to give some space for that um, when you're taking someone on board with your team is really important. Yeah. Cause I think as well, sometimes like, you know, to be honest, a lot of the time when someone's hiring a virtual assistant, they basically know everything within their business. So when they're hiring someone, they're like really desperate to find someone to help them. And then mm -hmm. they may not allow enough time to actually like 
teach them and sort of just assume that they should know where it is a bit of a learning process and sometimes can be a big learning curve. And even though like you, we, there's so many positives and amazing things about being virtual, sometimes that screen can kind of, you know, you're not really understanding any emotion or the sometimes like the context behind not getting a task done. So I think mm-hmm. allowing those um, you know, Zoom calls and that face-to-face contact is a really important way to get to know each other in a professional manner so that you can really sort of get a, a feel for how the other person works. Because at the end of the day, like if, you know, you only wanted to learn visually and I insisted that I write everything down for you, it's going to be me that suffers because, you know, the work's not going to be as good and, you know, you're not going to be happy and not as productive. And it's just, it's going to be a negative situation. So I feel Mm -hmm. like only, you know, trying to figure out the best way that each person learns is only going to be a positive situation. Definitely. So moving on to another question that I have for you, how do you personally feel a virtual assistant can help business owners? So many ways. So after the process of hiring them, like when you do take the time and and train them and once they're getting all settled within your system and how everything you like it, um, it just gives you so much more time and freedom or maybe you are still like incredibly busy, but then you can focus on the other things. So I, you know, I'm hoping to take on more tasks over time so that Claire can focus more on her in-studio stuff. And maybe for your business, it's similar where you have, you're running something online, but you don't have the time to manage that. And so hiring someone to do that can give you so much more time and freedom to, and some people you know, they have, they have the time, but they just simply don't want to do it. Maybe they just have the money and they just, they want someone to do it for them. And that's, that's beautiful. That's what you want in for your business. Um, so it can give you so much more time and freedom. And I also feel like it gives you a lot more opportunities to expand your business because when you expand your team, you expand the opportunities that you have, um, to grow your business because, and you have multiple people doing multiple things. Like you said before in your past podcast about like multitasking is really just not efficient. You want to be focusing on one thing at a time. So when you have, let's say a team of three or four people opposed to just yourself and everyone's focusing on a task for that day, look, you had three, three or four things done in one day and that's more of a time saver, first of all. And then you just, you can expand and keep growing and and it's not all on your shoulders and you can work well as a team. And I think it's also good for learning. So you can actually obviously learn new technology, learn how to do more things that are productive for your business. And then you can teach that to your virtual assistant, but it can also be vice versa. So you can learn so many things from them as well. For instance, me, I have experience in audio editing and eventually I can teach Claire how to do that. Not so that she would do that, but just so she, that she has the knowledge on that. And yeah. so the, the more people you have in your team, everyone has like their strong sets. Yeah, everyone has the expertise. And so um, I agree, yeah. the more, you know, the different varying people that you get with their ex- areas of expertise, you're just really expanding the capabilities of your business. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And just so many more opportunities. And, you know, I think of it, I think I was talking to someone about Oprah the other day and they're like, Oh, I'll never be like Oprah. Oprah's amazing. I'm like, Oprah has a, a team of a hundred people. Mm, <laughs> She's yeah. an Oprah without those people. So like, exactly. That can be your business. You can grow, you can be big, but the more people you have on your team, 
doing things either for you or working collaboratively, the bigger things can be and, and you can move forward. Absolutely. And like for me personally, like there's no way that I would be able to do all of the things that I do within the dance studio. So, you know, we have the regular weekly classes as we do and as everyone who owns a dance studio has but you know now I've expanded to doing holiday programs and you know birthday parties and do you know events during the term we have special people coming in for workshops as a lot of dance studios would have but then without the you know I've hired uh, virtual systems and people um, staff that are in person as well but without having those extra people I wouldn't have even had the mental space to even be thinking about doing this podcast and sort of taking my business into this new direction as well. So I think mm-hmm. when you sort of allow yourself the mental space, you'd really be surprised as well as a business owner where you go, oh, well, I'd really like to go into you know this area as well. And as a part of the dance studio or, you know, sort of there's so many different arms of a business that you can do. And yeah, really the sky's the limit. And like you said, having a virtual assistant helps take some of the workload, but also so, you know, adds a whole extra person of expertise to your business. So it's, you know, when you find the right person, it does take some time at first. It can be, you know, so amazing. I definitely agree on that one. Awesome. So what is for you, what is your best advice for, you know, business owners or people who are thinking about hiring a virtual assistant? So that kind of touches on what we talked about before. And the number one thing is just to take your time and within taking your time, not just in the hiring process and the working and training process, because training is really important as well. It's that knowing your specifics. I can't tell you just how important that is, because Mm. if you know exactly what you want, you are more likely to find that the more wishy-washy you are and the more you feel, like you said before, like panic, you're just like, want to hire anyone. Mm. You're going to, if you want to just hire anyone, you're going to get anyone (laughs) and it could be anything. And it could, you could take way more time trying to teach the wrong person when you could just take the time to find the right person. Yeah. And so know exactly what you want. Like Claire wants, you wanted to work with someone, you want to be creative and um, workshop ideas and be like a team. And some people don't want that. Maybe you Mm. just want someone to do your tasks. You don't want to talk to them. You don't want to get to know them. You don't even Mm. want to have a Skype call with them. Maybe everything is just email. Maybe that works within your working style. So it all works out. But maybe you want something more like what we have. It's just knowing exactly what you want, being specific, because that's essentially what drew me to Claire's ad on Upwork is that I read it and I just, each sentence was like, yep, 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 that's what I want. <laughs> and so it was like perfect. And so yeah. I applied and I, I applied for many jobs. I knew that I could definitely do it and I had the skill set, but I wasn't passionate about it. It was very like data entry and just like mm. no creativity at all. And I'm like, and I applied and I'm actually really glad I never heard back from them because I was not right for that job. And yeah, I, yeah the more specific in what you are, you're going to find what you want and to take the time, not necessarily get to know them. Like you can, have a, you can just have one like short 20 minute interview. You don't need to like, you know, go on a date with the person. <laughs> just like- <laughs> Know their entire life story, but it's nice to know something. Yeah. Yes. And to, to ask them about their personality types and how, how they work as well. And how they work well in communication and just in training is very important because I mean, I even myself on the other point of view, you know, I had my fears and anxiety of like, Oh, I don't know how to do that. Or like I, I, that I wanted to be, I want to know it right away and put all this pressure on myself. But 
you kind of got to ease back on both sides of the spectrum and just give each other the room to to teach them and be patient and take your time and eventually they will pick up that skill and if you know of course they don't eventually then you know maybe that relationship won't work out on um, the work relationship but just taking that time and letting them like kind of prove themselves to you so you can do mm. like a trial period kind of like yeah. you did that for the first yeah. month and it takes time and people develop Absolutely. and some people you know are straight away they get things and that's maybe that's exactly what you want but some I feel like some of the best people I have either worked with or I've jobs that I've been hired to like I'm a person who takes their time but once I'm there it it just clicks and I get it so be patient because yeah. you might find the right person they just need some time to adjust to your way of training or teaching or the way you do your systems yeah absolutely I agree and you know, a big tip for me would be to people who are considering hiring a VA to start the process because hiring when you're desperate is never a good thing. And I know that's just, you know, part of life. And that's generally when we actually try and find someone, but bringing someone on when you've got the time to train them and the, like the mental space to actually really think about what you want is you're working, you know, smarter and it's going to be a more of an enjoyable and smoother process than if you're taking someone on in your busiest time when you don't have the time to work with them and teach them and still expecting them to know everything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's awesome. So for you, what do you think is the best way to communicate with a virtual assistant from a business owner's point of view? Well, I guess it just, it depends on the person, first of all. Um, Mm -hmm. But a really good thing that I can think of is they're working for you, but they're also you know, a human being, even though it's weird because every form of contact with them is through a computer or a phone, Mm -hmm. kind of put yourself in their point of view in the sense when you're communicating, because when you're saying that you want a task, like just the way you word it, kind of word it how you would ask yourself, imagine when you're first assigning a task, like if they don't know, maybe they don't know your certain lingo or jargon just yet, the way you word things. And it takes time to get to know each other in that sense of how each other works and writes. So until that point, just be very specific with them as if you're telling them something they know nothing about Yeah. Um, and just really break it down. And eventually you you can just write one simple sentence and like, oh yeah, that task. And they just already know it. But in the beginning, take your time with that. Um, Like obviously don't baby them. Like they're an adult and they applied (laughs) for this job and clearly they, you know, have the skill sets and have to prove that. But just be very specific with them, break things down, saying, this is what I want, this is the time frame, and this is my priority. Either communicate when they can get it done or just set the deadline and hear what they have to say about that. And as well, in terms of like what kind of communication, ask them what works best. We, Claire and I do Zoom calls where you can share screens and I'm a visual learner and, and she is as well. Some people just send voice memos if they don't, if they're in a rush or maybe you work well with just emails or working um, or sending messages on Slack. So just communicating what each other feels that they can understand knowledge from the best. Yeah, I I 100% agree. Um, And I think sometimes as well, using kind of a mix of all of those can be 
really good because I feel like sometimes as well people will go they put themselves like I'm a visual learner and then well that may be the way that you enjoy learning the most and sometimes it's the most efficient way but sometimes the quickest and efficient way is just to type a note and so you know Mm -hmm. depending on the situation as well using a range of modes I think is a really great thing to do so and that's what we do as well is that we do the multiple thing like I say I'm a visual learner but we we do one Zoom call a week and that's it. And sometimes mm. it lasts, can it last up to a half hour if we're doing some training or discussing a task. And sometimes it's for 10 minutes and we just review things and on to the next. And mm. most of the time it's just typing. But it yeah. takes time to get to know each other and what, how they describe their tasks. Yeah. And like, I guess, like you said, like some slang words I use and some slang words you use, it's sort of like, even though we both obviously speak English, it's some of them, I'm like, <laughs> oh, what, it, what does that mean? And then I'm like, oh, probably that. And like, you can kind of guess, but you know, sometimes that's a bit of a learning curve as well. What advice or tips do you have when working with a collaborative and creative VA like yourself? A few tips I have. Uh, I'd say the first one is to be open-minded and to be willing to maybe change something that you may have been dead set on. Maybe you're obsessed with like this one logo that you created and they just want, you wanted them to like tweak it and change it. And they come up with something that may be even better or not what you expected. And um, it's just something I learned and you probably learned in like the dance world and I learned in the acting world. And it's kind of like a horrible phrase, but it's called kill your babies. <laughs> Learn to oh. I've never heard of that before. That sounds terrible. I think that's terrible, but it's it's a very good tip in terms of we get so attached to these ideas and these visions Mm. for us. And sometimes, you know, there are visions that you want to accomplish and you're like, I'm there's no wiggle room. This is what we're doing. And there's times where someone else may come along with a different idea and it's not what you thought, but it could work out so much more and we get so attached with our ideas. So it's they're almost like our children, our babies. Uh, so you can just like pop yes. that and learn to learn to be able to change and go with the flow. Uh, but also know what um, ideas that you have that you don't have any compromises with. Mm. A lot of the times, Claire gives me a lot of freedom, which is really, which is what I really enjoy and, and why I like this job so much is that she asks, what do I think? Or can you create something and then I'll give my thoughts. And so it's really nice. I have this freedom so I I can design something and she may not like it and I have to be very kind of detached from my ideas because you never know if she's gonna like it or not and it's just really really cool that you can just work well together and collaborate ideas and just willing to hear what they say and although technically they work for you and you have the final say at the end of the day it's you never know what they're gonna come up with that could be a game changer and just be open to what they have to say and talk about and ask their opinion on things. Yeah, absolutely. And for me personally, like you said, part of asking you to, you know, go, okay, I'll give you sort of a rough outline of what I'm looking for. But then a lot of the things that you've then created, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's even better than I imagined that I could do it for myself. So, you know, it's really a rewarding sort of process on both sides I think if you really allow each other both each other room to then you create something you know the other person can tweak it the other person makes a suggestion and then it's just more than one mind is always better than one in my opinion so Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that is a really you know a really valuable process and to learn just to trust 
Mm. It can be hard because you're kind of putting like a part of your business into someone else's hands and but you you never know and I feel like when you are, it depends on the position and job and task that you want done within your business. Like this is a very creative kind of business, yeah. but it, I mean, it's still a business at the end of the day. We still do, you know, emails and paperwork and all that mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. but you kind of, you have to trust the other person and, and that's why it does take time to find the right person because then you can kind of put things in their hands and give them more um, freedom and uh, an opportunity to step up and show, you know, why I hired you in the first place and to, you know, they could come up with something like you said, like even better than you could have ever imagine. So just giving them the freedom to do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the flip side, I guess, is what are some common mistakes that you have seen or know of when someone's hiring a virtual assistant? Like you said, it's just to, if like, if you're in a rush, because I mean, we're all in a rush. Mm. (laughs) Um, So I, I mean, I believe in the law of attraction. So I believe that like attracts life. So if you are very desperate, you're going to attract someone who's also very desperate and maybe they don't do the best job and they're not going to give you what you want. And I don't know, just to also like they're working for you and technically they, you know, they work under you and you are the boss, but in many ways, like if you put yourself at the same level, but you just, you do this kind of work and they do that kind of work, you can, I don't know, just grow so much more and giving them like the respect. I feel like a lot of people, I've seen people who, and I've had friends who are virtual assistants and they had, you know, not the nicest boss and they had all these, you know, such high expectations and you should have expectations when you're hiring someone that they are good at their skills, but just having like, maybe they have like zero uh, relationship with that person. They're not good at communication and putting pressure when they don't understand how long a certain tasks can take. And I've yeah. had this in my voiceover um, business and, and projects where they think I can just bang out a, a a thousand words in 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 you know an hour and I'm like no it takes a lot of time and so yeah. if you're not familiar to w- how long something can take I mean obviously ask them how long it normally takes them and just be in communication if you say okay my deadline was this I'm a I'm an hour behind just letting you know so like being on the same page and being patient with them and being like 10 steps ahead of the game so if you're giving them a task that you don't really know how long you take and you're like I want this done in less than 24 hours um, be prepared that you may not have that done. And if yeah. you're not familiar with those kind of tasks and just to in yourself, you don't have to learn exactly what they do. You know, that's their job to do what they're good at and their skill set. But maybe like brush up on that and like yeah. learn a little bit how like podcast editing and stuff like that works because in the future, you know how long something can take, even if you're not doing it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I always do say, and I have said it in previous episodes that I think it's so valuable, even though you want wanting to hire someone to take some of the load off you and you want them to really be an expert in the jobs that you're giving them and assigning them. But I think it's really important to have a general knowledge or an understanding of what's being done, you know? So if mm-hmm. there was an emergency that you could step in, um, even though I don't really know if there's such thing yeah. as a podcasting emergency, but you know, like in, if, if I needed to, I have a general enough understanding of how to edit audio files and it might not be the most beautiful podcast you've ever listened to, but I could do it. And so having had some experience editing music and things like that, I do understand that it can be really fiddly. And I, I know as well when I'm recording, I'm, you know, talking to myself at times or saying something weird and then I repeat it. And, you know, so things like that, for an example, by having a a rough idea or a general knowledge of 
of the task you're assigning them. Even though it might take you 10 minutes and it might take them 20 at first, eventually they will get better at that skill and, you know, the time will be less as well. So like allowing a little bit of room and, you know, having a general knowledge for yourself, I think is really beneficial. Yes, for sure. And I guess the last thing I would say is that, I mean, we're here to help you. We're going to do our like best job that we can and I'm not trying to downplay our jobs but we're not going to solve every problem (laughs) we're not like problem solvers for everything like we are assistants we are a part of your team and like crutch to like help you stand taller but we are not we're not Siri (laughs) we don't yeah we're not going to solve every problem in your life as much as we would love to because some of us like I said before like I love my job and I genuinely like to help people but I can't help and solve everything. I'm still, no. I'm, you know, I'm also human and I just, mm. I do my best and you do your best and to just be patient with them. And yeah, absolutely. Um, and if my experience with Siri is to go by anything, she hardly ever understands what I'm trying to say. So you do a lot <laughs> better job. <laughs> yes. She's always calling the wrong person when I ask her to call someone. So, you know, that's a different story. So do you have any advice to anyone out there who wants to become someone else's VA? Okay. So basically the way I built, not just like my online profile, but built up my resume to correspond with that. Like I kind of changed my resume based on every job is that mm. to, to be two things. The first thing is to know your skill set. So write down everything and have a skill for, and it doesn't always have to be necessarily an online thing. You can take something, you know, um, as a in-person skill and you can transfer that into an online skill and um, don't be worried about if you're you don't know how to do something because you can learn it so anything that you see um, that other people are doing and maybe you don't have experience with like google docs or how to make a graphic but you can just learn anything so a combination of making a list of something you feel like you would need to have as a virtual assistant and that you see other people using in tasks and skills and learn that i mean you can learn anything google it youtube it <laughs> you'll find a, a way to learn how to do that and combine that with your already skills Um, And then from there you can, and what, you know, I did because I have done like some assistant work or helping people with tasks, but I never had a full on virtual assistant job until now. It was kind of like little, it wasn't um, a contract. It was just like Mm. little tasks. Yeah. Like one. And so from there I, you know, went and looked at other people's profiles. And I feel like that's what people do when they first start. Like, you know, even when you start a dance studio, you look at people who own dance studios and Mm. like, what can I learn from them? So I did that the same with virtual assistants. I'm like, okay, well, they wrote that on their resume and I don't know how to do that. So I learned that so I can put it on my resume and Mm. you don't have to be exactly like them. And the cool thing is, is that that's a good thing that you're not exactly like someone else because you can provide a skill set for me. Although I do have um, a lot of knowledge with technology over time from learning, but also with this job, like I'm a very creative person and I wanted to find something that was creative and online. And for me, I didn't even know that was possible up until, you know, finding this position is that there's always a job for you. There's something out there for everyone that someone else, maybe they could do the exact same job, but they wouldn't be the right fit for the job. So mm-hmm. just know that something is going to be out there for you with your skill set, with those two lists of something you want to work on and something that you were already good at. Yeah. And just apply <laughs> and just apply, yeah. apply, apply <laughs> yourself. Don't pretend to be someone else because they will find out eventually. <laughs> and if you say you're good at something and you're not, they'll learn 
and well that's just being a good human i guess that's as just well. being a good person that's yeah like a lot but, of people you know they lie on their resume and they say absolutely they can something that can't and it'll come to bite you in the bum yeah it just reminds me of um a friend's episode where joey oh, has one? Oh, the one where he, where he has yeah, we're going to cloud. Yeah, Phoebe has to try and speak, teach him how to speak French. And then on the back of his resume, he has like so many things. And, he, and at the end of the episode, one of his skills is like drinking like three gallons of milk or something. And the episode <laughs> finishes with him just like pouring milk over his face. And Phoebe's like, yeah, and like takes it off. It. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that just reminds me of what you were saying. But yeah, in case anyone didn't know, I'm obsessed with friends. Like seriously. Oh my God, me too. I've seen oh my God, I didn't know that about you. Oh, I've just seen it like every episode a hundred times. I know all the oh, quotes. So I'm like, it's literally. Actually, on so my partner and I have it on in our house, like from season one, and then we make it to the end of season ten, and then we literally repeat. Um, but that was yeah, that's basically all of my questions. Um, I learned some more about you, which was fantastic, and I hope that our audience learned some more about working with a virtual assistant and all the amazing things it can do, you know, for their businesses. If they have any more questions, I'd really encourage people to email us at podcast at businessofdance.net and we'll be sure to answer you via email email or hopefully record another episode like this in the future with some more maybe Q&A style uh, questions and answers which would be really fun but thank you so much Emily for joining me on the episode today and for being my first ever interview guest yay thank you for having me I've enjoyed helping you create the podcast thus far so it's really cool to be on the other end <laughs> I know it's interesting. very exciting and yeah thank you so much guys thank you for listening to the business of dance podcast for show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast. To learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast at businessofdance.net. We appreciate you taking the time to rate and review us on iTunes and wish you a great day. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, keep dancing your way to the business you have always desired.